0: And we are here, this is part two of our introduction. Actually, we've already recorded episode one and two, <laughs> <laughs> and then someone told us, Doing it hey, you guys didn't do this yourself, so we had to go backwards, so. But welcome to the <laughs> Shine Podcast. I get the privilege of interviewing Kate Home today.
1: Good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Whatever, whenever it is.
0: <laughs> it's a good day for a good day.
1: Yeah. So just want to introduce
0: you to Kate a little bit. Kate lives in and loves Columbiana. I think she should work for the tourism board because she is a huge proponent of young adults staying in town yes. and not moving away. So here. if you're listening, listening to this from afar, Kate wants you to come back. But Kate was born and raised at the Upper Room. She has worked in many capacities at the church, and in 2017, in August, she became an elder of the Upper Room, and she oversees communications, the worship team, youth and children's, small groups, and women's leadership at the church. So we've been blessed to have her in a leadership position. Kate's been married to Chris for 19 years, and they have two middle schoolers or junior hires, the sixth and eighth graders daughters and she also taught english to middle school and high schoolers for about 15 years so we are excited to hear a little bit more about kate today so man kate is also a three on the enneagram you'll figure out that that we're both threes podcast of threes we'll get some other numbers in here soon but
1: we're really gonna get stuff done
0: we are (laughs) (laughs) if nothing else we'll get her done so we're going to jump right in, but Kate, why don't you tell us who or what turned your light on? Okay.
1: Well, I was, trying, I was trying to think, okay, so how do you, I mean, I suppose you could just say it, but how do you kind of create some background? So it all makes sense. I think I have to go back a while and I wasn't quite sure how exactly to do that. I was actually reading this morning in Samuel, and they're talking about Saul. And they they said, Saul was from a stalwart family. And I read that and I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly how my story starts, I feel like. That's kind of how how my story starts and also where I needed help (laughs) specifically and needed some light. You know, I feel like I have a very long history of very strong women in my past. And I feel like we have all of these stories of these really stalwart, really stoic, staunch women. And I was looking up stalwart. The definition was made of a firm construction or watertight. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, that's like so much the women in my family. So, you know, we have stories about, you know, my great-great-grandmother. You know, she went to Texas to be a teacher by herself. She went alone without a husband, without anyone. She went to the Wild West to do it herself. And we have all these stories about my great-aunts. They were twins. And they never married. They lived together all their lives And they worked, and that was quite the antithesis of what a woman was expected to be. Really non-conventional women. You know, my grandma, I am not endorsing this, but, you know, even my grandma, she divorced her husband in a time that was really unacceptable to do so. I'm not saying that it was a great thing, but there were just some (laughs) really strong, stalwart women who believed in themselves and um, who kind of paved their own way. And so if anyone's ever met my mom, I feel like my mom's very much that way too. She's very stoic, you know. The only reason I think that you would ever know that she had cancer is at one point she lost her hair. You know, and apart from that you would you would never know she was sick. And, you know, she's just really strong. And uh, I, I feel like I kind of grew up in that. My grandma, when I was a kid, she always said, you have to make sure that you can take care of yourself. You have to make sure that you will always um, be able to cover for yourself and care for yourself and uh, just make sure that you don't have to depend on people and you don't have to depend on men uh, to care for you. And so that was something I kind of took in I th- I think that those were some of the very very first things that I kind of Assimilated as a, as a girl, as a girl in that family, and I was homeschooled all the way until high school. And then in high school, I feel like I began to find myself in different ways. Going to high school apart from you know being schooled by your by your mom, everything looks different. And I feel like I really found myself naturally clicking better with the guys than with than with the girls. Spent a lot of time with my friend Grant, and I would much prefer to be camping out with the guys or watching War Story movies than shopping. And so I just found- So you, were
0: you labeled a tomboy?
1: I I guess. I don't think I ever heard that, but I probably in high school would have preferred you say that. Rather than, I hated those, those typical ideas like of being very girly. So I didn't love that. And I felt like the few relationships that I did have with girls in high school ended up being really painful and heartbreaking. And I feel like most, not all, but a lot of relationships that I had with girls in high school led to a general distrust of women. And so I, I feel that kind of even pushed me further into it's just better to spend spend time with guys. I just felt that they ended up being better friends, that they ended up being more honest. I just had a lot of difficulty through high school towards the end into college with girl relationships, girl friendships. And... And on top of that, we talked about being a three, you and I being threes. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, on top of that, you know, you kind of like have all of these experiences in high school that are really crushing. (laughs) And then you have all of these experiences in college with relationships. And I feel like as a three, one of the things that I'm learning about these kind of characteristics in us is that they're not great with past situations. They're not great at looking at the past. Like they really, really like to look forward. They like to move forward and they don't deal with issues. Issues, um as well as some other numbers they do. don't want to
0: talk about feelings
1: and so I feel like I was hurt in si- <laughs> hurt in certain situations and at the time I was definitely not a healthy three in any way shape or form so it was just kind of like bye you know what I mean like to these relationships or friendships they're like bye-bye and kind of this moving on and past so where
0: were you at with God during all of that
1: Oh, I, I, on top of that, I think on top of just having some really tumultuous relationships with women, feeling like I was hurt and also feeling like I kind of sometimes didn't fit, you know what I mean? Like those normal female relationships that didn't seem to fit right across the board with women and, 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 men, I don't think I had relationships that were healthy. You know, we were there to have a good time. We were there to have fun. I mean, it wasn't for the health, it wasn't for Jesus, it wasn't for building each other up, and it wasn't for growth. It was for a good time, and we got ourselves into some trouble for that. There was not anyone specifically in my life that I could see that would not only be a friend, but that would say, I care about your health, I care about your spirit. I care about your relationship with Jesus. You know, those things were kind of, those weren't present in any of my relationships. I feel like... That made me really prickly and really defensive in my relationships. And I went to church and I grew up in the church and my dad was an elder and my mom was on the worship team and I was on the youth worship team. Like, I was in everything. I did everything. I participated in everything. I showed up for everything. But the personal relationship with Jesus was missing. And, you know, at the same time, I don't feel like I had someone at that point who was like... (laughs) uh, is that a, is there, is there there a problem here? Like, shouldn't you, if you're, or if you're talking the talk, shouldn't you be walking the walk? And I was not. And so continued to go to church and I continued to make through college. I got married to Chris and there's all those stories in there too. But I think a couple of years into marriage, uh, we were still, we were still going to church. We were still participating. I was teaching and I felt like. I was fine. I really did. I felt like I was fine. And I feel like, again, that kind of comes from that background with those women in your family, like you're strong, you're fine. You know, you don't have to be emotional about anything. There's nothing bothering you. Everything's okay. And I feel I really, and I believed it. You, know, I really did. That's what's fascinating is that I really believed everything was okay. I believed everything was fine. And, and Beth Scheller came into my life. I don't even understand why it's such a random story but we we went I mean, do you remember the relic
0: shrine of? It was we have such bad memories, but it was some relic shrine of the goddess. We went
1: to some retreat, very different and quite distinct Catholic church where we were taking a conference on the DISC program. And if you listen to Beth last week, she was talking about all of her tests that she takes and everything that she knows. Well, this is one of those. This is one of those tests. So the DISC personality profile. Yes. So we were there to spend the weekend and Beth was there and I was there. I remember I, I was staying with someone else in a room and she popped into my room and I don't remember exactly because I do have a terrible memory, but you popped in there and I was like, hello. <coughs> and then from there on, I'm like, you were in my life. I don't really know. But you started calling and inviting me over to your house and I remember dis- distinctly and I again I remember nothing but I remember distinctly being in your kitchen and sitting around your counter and just being like what am I doing here this is so weird <laughs> cuz I mean again I didn't really understand what was going on but little by little Beth just began to show me friendship She talked about things I didn't talk about with my other friends. She uh, asked questions that my other friends never asked. And I just thought it was so bizarre because I just did not have any relationships like this at all. And so one time she said, listen, I'm going to start a group. I don't really know what it's going to be or what it's going to look like, but I want you to be a part of it. And that was Shine. So she started her Shine group. And this is the story. (laughs) Yes, tell them about how you came to my house. So, shine meeting. I mean, I knew that I was going into this meeting. With all of these other women who I did, I was not in relationship with at all. I did not know most of these women well. And I I mean, still, I I don't even think I knew you much at that point. And so it was all really different and bizarre to me. It was a little foreign. I was very uncomfortable. And there was part of me that was like, I'm fine. I don't need this. But then this is how obviously I needed it and how... (laughs) (laughs) How like jacked up I was. I wore a black hoodie that day and I wore my hood up. With the strings pulled. Over my head with the strings pulled. And I think sometimes we do that (laughs) subconsciously, not even knowing that what we're wearing or what we're doing is really an outward expression of what's happening inside, but I had a black hoodie on. It was zipped up, hood over my head, drawstrings pulled, and that was my first experience of Shine.
0: When did you figure out that everything wasn't fine?
1: Well, I mean, I had this in my notes because I was thinking about, oh my gosh, how do I kind of express this? But I think that I just wanted to encourage people, you know, when we talk about who or what lit up your light, you know, I would probably say Beth turn my light on but I look back and I'm like oh my gosh how long did it take because that that did not come overnight the light did not come overnight realization did not come overnight learning oh my word so I think about all the years I've spent in shine and I think too oh my goodness how annoying is that so part of me just wants to be like I'm so sorry that like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean that you know, at the beginning, and probably even now, uh, like, I never called you back. I never, ever invited you to do anything. Like, it was always you who called. It was always you who were like, hey, come over. You want to do this? Or how about we go out? Or <laughs> call me. And I just feel like that's something I've, that has always been so foreign to me. But the time that it took, to call and call and call and to invite and to invite and to invite that the light came, but really slowly. And I mean, it's been a long time. 14, 14 years. Yeah. So those of you
0: who are listening that may not know what shine is, we founded, I founded shine 14 years ago. And the purpose or the mission of SHINE is to edify, equip and encourage women through small group relationships on their journey of spiritual transformation and personal destiny. And I talked about this a little bit last week, but I just think that we need to be pursuing relationships and growing and learning and we need that. And so right. when I started, really, I I did, Kate kind of nailed it. Like, I'm starting this thing. Do you want to join me? And so <laughs> it was great that I had seven people say yes. Yeah. Because we had no idea what we were doing. I just knew in my heart that we needed something.
1: Right. And I'm just really grateful for the people in my life. I mean, it is not easy to stay with someone and to push 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 when you don't see a lot coming back. When you don't, <laughs> when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sure you felt like, is she getting this? Is this coming around? You know? I'm just so grateful for all the time and the effort. And so I feel like that that's something that that has so taught me what it is to be in friendships and relationships now and how important it is to stick with it. Because I feel like there's so many times where you could have been like, okay, I really feel like. She's not getting this or okay. How, how would you say you began to, you know,
0: being around me and the other women in our shine group, it kind of, it started the light, but what made it start to click? What made it become your own faith?
1: Oh my goodness. I, I just, I do think it was, it was beginning to work at it. Like I said before, not having friends who cared about your spiritual life, not having friends who cared about your relationship with Jesus. And I feel like having relationships and friendships with people who, who force you to process, who force you to look at things, to ask questions that, I mean, that's really what got me to it. Because I don't think I had a healthy understanding of what a relationship with Jesus looked like until I had people who were poking and asking and saying, okay, but but who is Jesus? And who is Jesus to you? And so actually forcing me to look at it where I think that you can really, really easily just go through the motions and be in church forever without ever actually (laughs) asking questions. You know, like this is how it is and this is what it looks like and say your prayer and, you know, do devotions in the morning. You can go through, you can go through so much without We're it going to terrify ever. all the
0: parents that are raising their oh kids in the church.
1: I'm sorry, you're listening fine. Listening to sorry. our stories from growing up in the church. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you can totally. Coast. Coast. Thank you. And I feel you, you can coast. And I've, I feel heard,
0: like he, I've heard the saying, God doesn't have any grandkids. You know, like we can't coast in on our parents' yeah. religion. God doesn't have grandkids. Right. He just has children. And so you have That's to come to that so point where we're making that decision as
1: – And it's so interesting because I feel like it's been such an unbelievable blessing to watch that happen with other people. Because, you know, I've had a shine group now for 10 years – And those are some of the stories that I have with my girls. You know, one of my girls was saying for a long while, she said, I I just came to shine. I just showed up and I was bored and I left. And then the next month I'd have to show up. I didn't really feel like it. I didn't want to show up. And then she said, I got to the point. where I I told myself, either leave Shine because you feel like this is a waste of your time. (laughs) Like every month it's like, oh gosh, do I have to go to that again? Instead of looking at it that way, she said, I told myself either quit or you go all in. You choose one because this is not working. And so she said, from that point, I decided that I would do this really seriously. I would do the homework and I would answer the questions. And she said, that was my jumping off point. From that point, everything changed for me. And I think it's at that point where you decide, man, there's something more to this, man, there's something deeper here. Wow, I really have been missing the processing. I've been missing finding those answers. Oh my gosh, once you once you dive in, whoo, there's some deep waters, but you have to dive. You can just sit on the diving board. And yeah. I was there and they were there.
0: So you were in Shine for four years before you started your, your Shine group.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it took me a while to decide that I would be able to do what you were doing. I feel like it took me a while to decide that I could be a friend to other people because I had not been a great friend and I had been burned in relationships and I didn't love, I didn't love relationships with women. And so I feel like it took me years to say there is something worthwhile here and for me to say I can be committed to this. Because I feel like if I say I'll be committed to something, I really will. (laughs) I'll do it. But I just have to decide that. And it's been absolutely life-changing. Having a Shine group has been life-changing to me. Watching my Shine girls grow, get deep, and finding friends in them has been totally my pride and joy and it's something that I never ever saw coming it's not it's something I never ever imagined and that's something I put in my notes too over and over again I'm just like I never imagined that my life would look this way I never I mean if you would have asked me oh yeah you know who do you want to work with women would be on my I mean bottom of the wrong I'd be like no 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 (laughs) no anywhere else please but here I am and oh my gosh, it's amazing. And I, over and over again, I'm just like, what can Jesus do to anybody? It's so amazing to me because things that have never been on my radar, never seemed like a possibility, have have come full circle in my life. And I'm like, what is going on? Honestly, it's obedience to just say, all right, God, I really want what you want. And I'm going to try.
0: What was it about Jesus that finally
1: enticed you to live differently? This is such a good question, but I'm not sure how to answer this. Okay, I just, (laughs) I mean, I just feel like everything that Jesus is and does is better. And so the way I was living, I started to see real Jesus in real people, and it was better than who I was. And it was better than the relationships I was in. And the way he started showing up to me was better than I had hoped. And I mean, over and over again, I just keep coming back to the stories about Jesus and people who share their experiences about life with Jesus. And it's always better. It's better than I thought. It's better than I hoped it would be. I'm like, how can we settle? I guess is where I'm at right now. How, how can we settle for anything less other than living and going after Jesus? Because it's always better. He's always better. And I want, oh my gosh, I want other people to experience that. I want them, I want that to be their story too. You know, I feel like that's become my story because of you and because of Shine. I, I want to do the same. I want to see people... <laughs> Saying like, oh my gosh, what was I, I – I was missing this. I was missing, I was missing so much. And oh my gosh, Jesus is amazing and it's so much better. He's so much better. The things that I come in contact with, like the girls in my shine group, relationships that I have, my marriage, the church. I just want everything to be touched by Jesus and Jesus being better. So tell us, what lights you up, Kate? Well, I love – um Youth. I love teenagers. I did middle school and high school English for about 15 years and I love, 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 love the classroom. I love teenagers. I think they're amazing and I love being a part of their life. So those kids light me up and I just feel so much purpose in the classroom. It really lights me up when people are desiring more and they want to know more and get into Jesus. That is something that lights me up. Oh my gosh, I'll talk to you for hours and hours and hours and have coffee and let's talk about Jesus and what he's doing. Because, and I I would say this to my teenagers too, the verse in Ephesians that says, you know, you are God's masterful work of creativity, And I want my teenagers at school to get that, but I want people around me to get that too. Like when I'm with, you know, my girls in Shine or wherever I go, I want people to understand there's more in them than they know. And there's more possibility in their lives than they can fathom. And I feel like I live that because there's so much more than I ever imagined that would would have happened in my life. And oh my gosh, you are a masterful work of creativity. And I want people to see that for themselves. That lights me up. My shine group lights me up. And I feel like too, the church, oh my gosh, just the church, the body of Christ, just the thought of that. It, tell, it totally lights me up. Tell I love us a little bit
0: about your journey of transitioning out of the classroom, which you loved. Yeah. She was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. A P Mrs. Holm. She really tried to teach kids how to use apostrophes. <laughs> she has a social media blog about it, but
1: <laughs> I did. I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I totally forgot I had that. I did. And it was all about apostrophes. Anyways, it's very important to me. That also lights me up.
0: So talk about that, that that transition out of something that you loved and that lit you up and how you transitioned into
1: the work of the church. Sometimes you see that Jesus is better, and then sometimes you just have to obey and believe that Jesus is better. And I feel like this is one of those situations where I'm like, okay. Hmm. I'm going to believe in this case that Jesus is better because it was really, really difficult to leave teaching. But there, there was just so much going on in the church that just was really pointing towards being there and me working at the church. And it, it was actually a word we'd received. It was also something that we had been discussing and feeling like it was kind of headed in that direction. That kind of came open and the elder said, uh, Kate, You know, we'd like to bring you on part time. And so letting go of school and moving into work at the church has been something that's been really, really stretching and very, very difficult. And I miss the classroom, but this is one of those things where like, I can't see in the future. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm just going to be really obedient right now because I cannot see. I'm just going to be really obedient right now to say, Jesus, you're better. And if it's your plan, then I'll say yes. And so that's what we're doing right now. I do love, love, love the church. I love the body of Christ and who we're supposed to be to our city and to each other and to the nation. It's not easy at all, but I think it's really, really important. So your last day of
0: school, there were crying students. Oh it was gosh. miserable.
1: It was so
0: sad. And it Kate, was. really, your light did shine in the classroom. And we've all been blessed. If any of you have, a, have had a chance to work with Kate or just be a part of the fellowship, and you can see her influence and her ideas and creativity that are all over the place. Tell us how you're letting your light shine in this new season of your life.
1: Well... I am definitely working at the church. There's a lot to do and I I've had the opportunity and the blessing to be able to shine in lots of different areas. And so, you know, I get to shine in my shine group. I get to shine and shine some light Sunday mornings on worship Worship team during worship, participating in women's stuff with you and participating in, you know, youth and kids. And what, you know, whether it's in the forefront or the background, I feel like you can, you can shine in all of those places. And there's definitely places where, yes, I'm on the stage, but there are other places that are totally behind the scenes. And I'm also super grateful to do those things because I feel like light is light. You know what I mean? Like, it's there, and it, it helps to light up a room. And you may not know where the light's coming from, but it helps people. You walk in, and it's lit. Yeah. So it helps people out, you know, whether the light's in front of them or behind them. It helps people to see. And so it's such an honor to do all of those things and to be able to do it at the upper room. And I also have really, really enjoyed being a part of the CCMA. That's the Ministerial Association in Columbiana, where we have just a lot of different churches represented together. We meet together once a month, and it's really become kind of one of my favorite things to do relationship with other churches as the capital C church, you know, the big body of Christ. It's been so amazing to befriend You know, people in the Mennonite Church and the Presbyterian Church and people from all over town and from different congregations and denominations. I just love to be able to see us working together for the good and the benefit of people. That's been one of my favorite things lately. And wouldn't you say
0: that typically in the past that, you know, churches, they've said the most segregated place in the world is Sunday mornings with people at church. And just, (laughs) you know, it hasn't always been the case where different denominations are reaching out and trying to have relationships with each other and work together to serve their community. It's been very... yeah. Churches staying in their own four walls and doing their own things, but be involved in that. And also, how people are, I think nowadays, more than more so than ever, but, you know, people were sticking to their own kind and not reaching out. You know, what do we agree on and how how can we come together and serve the community?
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I have just been so proud and excited for the churches in town because I do feel like people who are outside the church, God's heart is for them. And it's also for them to see how he works and we they should be able to see how he works through watching the church. They should be able to see the body of Christ function and function together and function well. We should be the example that people who are outside look in and say, man, that's beautiful. A lot of people have experienced church in the past or have seen some ugly examples of church. And I feel like that's been a real turnoff to so many people, but it's really, really, really my desire to be like, that's, that's not it. That's not it. And the ministerial association, how they work together and love each other and function for the city is it. And how we, we continue to love each other here at the church and serve each other, even amidst our differences, is it. We should not just be a light to each other. Here, the idea is that we are a light like Jacob. Mm. We have already interviewed Jacob, so I'm going to refer refer to <laughs> Jacob, who you'll hear later. But Jacob, you know, he's really talking about the city on a hill and what are we for We're not for ourselves. We are a light on a hill for the world. And our job is to be great lights. I really want to see that. Yeah, for the churches and for the people here, that we wouldn't be lights just here at the church. But everywhere we go to a world that needs to see that Jesus is better.
0: What would you say to parents who are listening that are raising their kids in the church right now and about helping kids grow and find their own faith at a younger age than maybe you and you and I did, where we, we may have been going through the motions and, you know, I talked about just really wanting to obey a list of rules and regulations yeah, and totally that the relationship was <laughs> a little bit, you know, if, am I lining up? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But how would you incur- encourage parents today
1: uh, if I look back on the things that changed me, it was relationship with people who cared about me and who cared about my relationship with Jesus, who took time for me. And a lot of those, I mean, even with you, like those were mentor roles. And like you were saying last week, we need mentors. Yeah. We need people.
0: Um, Maybe more so for the for the adults out there is just hearing our stories and, and taking making sure you're taking an interest in kids other than yourself or your family and, you know, the whole community concept of kids need other caring adults in their lives that care about them, not just their parents. Yeah. Because, you know, we have both of us were raised by loving parents that loved us and took us to church and taught us Bible studies and for sure, we need to be surrounding kids with other positive influences.
1: Yes. And I think just the opportunity to dive deep with other people, you know, Sunday mornings are really important. Church congregating together as a body is so important. Sunday mornings are huge, but they're not the place that we where we get it all that's where we're fed for the week and you know that's it i i would just say kids need a place to dive deep it's not going to happen on a sunday morning but they need people who will spend time with them and help them process their emotions and ask them questions that lead to some really difficult questions and they have to be able to to face those and process those and that's really important yeah I was changed so much and I was bettered and I became who I have become today because of people who really pushed, pushed and grew with me. You know, Beth was there to push and push and push and push. And at times it was getting thrown off the diving board or kicked off the diving board. And at times it was not. At times it was loving and kind. And at times it was just her calling and calling and calling. But, I, you know, for me, it was having someone beside me. And I have, you know, I have those other relationships now with women in my life who are presently standing beside me who are like I have your back. I'm with you. I am next to you on this. You know, I I am covering you. And so that is what has been life-changing to me because I have been able to see and have been blessed with real and true friendship. I mean, there are highs and there are lows and there are difficult times, and I think we've all seen that in Shine where we've been through seasons that are great and through seasons that are really really difficult. And I feel like that happens in every Shine because we're just people, but The idea that like you just keep pushing until you get breakthrough in an area you need, until you learn something new or come out into a new place for people who have pushed me to get to know Jesus better and and who have looked like Jesus for me over and over and over again. And who have been present for me when I fail, present for me when I don't show up, present for me when I have a bad attitude. That's been totally life-changing to me. And I, I want to be able to pass that on, too.
0: Is there anything else that you want to tell us today?
1: Yes. Do tell. A long time ago, when I was a small girl, Beth used to come on vacation with us. And in Myrtle Beach... We would wake up very, very early in the morning before anyone else, and we would go to the beach, and we would take a walk, and we would count as many dead jellyfish as we possibly could, and we would count them all the way down and back. And who knew when I was... How old were you? I think I was in college. So I was like eight? Yeah. All right. Or no. Yeah, you were probably Seven eight. or eight? Nine? Hope was a baby. Okay. Then I would have been about eight. Who knew when I was Eight that should i say how many years later (laughs) who knew 30 years later our dead jellyfish counting would lead us here to shine podcast you never know it's crazy (laughs) that's all that's all i wanted to say (laughs) that's crazy to me
0: i remember that do you yes I remember on the way home, we drove home from Florida. Hope cried like the last five hours home. Oh, at least it felt like five hours. Oh gosh! <laughs> and your dad <laughs> so missed sorry. the exit to get to Colombiana. <gasps> I was like, you wanted to choke him. I just no, I just, just wanted to get out of the car. The <laughs> <laughs> they just jump out.
1: <laughs> I'll walk.
0: <laughs> way to go! Like six extra miles.
1: Oh my gosh! I just think for it's the next amazing. Exit. I I think it's totally amazing how God works and the plans that he has. And I just feel like over and over again, I just end up being like, who knew? Who knew? So relationships are really important. Yeah. So thank you for showing me how how relationships should work.
0: (laughs) My pleasure.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I should wrap it up.
1: Yeah. Just quickly, going back to the very beginning of the whole idea of being stalwart and stoic. You know, I think that as a young and unhealthy three and kind of this floating Christian, I had all these beliefs about what stoicism and stalwartness and all of these things looked like. But bringing it back around, I think that those things are important. But I thought that I had to have those things in me and do them essentially alone because I felt like
0: you heard your grandma in the background. You oh, need totally. to be independent and do it on your own and right. not depend on people.
1: Right. I I've learned and become healthy and seeing you can be these things, but but with other people, we were not meant to do life alone. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Come back to town, everybody.
0: (laughs) So we've been doing relationship for 17 years, because I've been back in town for 17 years. So relationships are important. I just want to encourage you if you have people in your life that you see gold in them, and they can't see it in themselves, just keep slinging the dirt over your shoulders and helping them find their gold. I would say Kate is golden. And it's been a privilege to listen to you and hear a little bit more about your story. We want you to come back next week. We're done with our introductions. So next week is the official season one, episode one. We've just had introductions part one and two.
1: (laughs) It's a show on the road.
0: So want you to come back and hear our special speaker for next week. So thanks, Kate, for letting your light shine, for serving the body of Christ and us at the Upper Room and Colombiana community and all of your students. We're we're better off because you're here. Thank you.
1: My honor. My pleasure. The end. The end. Bye.